Jesus. Welcome her. Awesome. Thank you. Thank you, guys. Are we doing well? Yeah. yeah? Have we enjoyed the rain this week? Yeah. Yes. And now it's back to the humidity. Do you enjoy the humidity? My hair doesn't. So if it gets bigger as I'm talking, then, then just don't worry too much, okay? <laughs> okay. So we're continuing with the parables of Jesus. And Pastor Mel kicked us off last week with an awesome message called The Smallest of Seeds. And if you didn't catch that, I encourage you to jump on our website and you can catch up with that. And you know, I think this is an absolutely awesome series because as followers of Jesus Christ, we need to be familiar with his teachings, don't we? We need to be familiar with his instructions. We need to be able to bring Jesus Christ and his life into focus so we can reflect on our own life and see where it is that we need to change to become more like him. You know, the, the word um, spoken over our church, the word given to Pastor Mel this year was the year of change. And Jesus is the chief orchestrator of change, isn't he? You know, wherever he went, things changed. He changed sickness to wholeness. He changed injustice to justice. He changed judgment to mercy. He changed lies to truth. And he changed death to life. He changed everything. So we can expect then as Christians, the closer we become to Jesus, the more of Jesus we embrace and let in, the more change is going to take place within us and around us. And you know, for those of us that the very whisper of change makes you just want to flat out check out of life or just pass out, some of us don't like change, then look, we can be encouraged and we can rest in the security that when Jesus Christ brings change, it's always a good change, isn't it? It's always to a better place. The enemy brings death, Jesus brings life. It's always to a higher place of freedom for us to be able to live in. It's always to a higher place of purpose and identity and fruitfulness so it begins to bless the people around us. So we need to know his word. We need to interact with it and react to it. We need to respond to his word. We need to allow it to penetrate our hearts until a passion rises up inside of us to want to follow him with every aspect of our life. You know, when we're not clear and engaged and reacting to the words of Jesus, our lives can begin to lose focus. Our lives can lose direction. It can, they can even begin to lose purpose, and we sort of get stagnant and stuck. And you know, that's not God's will for our life. That's not what God wants for our lives. He wants us to be alive and awake with passion and purpose, growing into all he has called us to be. That's why he sent his word. That's why he sent his Holy Spirit. That's why he empowers us and positions us strategically. It says in Isaiah 60 verse 1, Arise and shine, your light has come, and the glory of the Lord has risen upon you. The Lord has come, he is here, it's time to arise and shine and awake to his purpose for our lives. To his purpose for our lives. Well, what is his purpose for our lives? And I think sometimes as, as we can get so stuck on trying to figure out the individual, individual um, purpose and all the little details that's involved with that and well, what am I going to what am I supposed to do for God I'm not really sure and we can kind of um, it makes us kind of stuck and we can't get traction in any direction for him 
Now, in the parable that we're going to look at today, I feel Jesus just so clearly spells out our purpose and spells out the role for the Christian in this world. And it may take some change on our behalf in different areas of our life, myself included. Um, but remember, the Jesus type of change is always good. Amen? Come on, are we awake? <laughs> I've not made you want to go to sleep yet. That's great. <laughs> so the parable that we're going to look at today is the parable of salt and light. And this parable is actually part of the Sermon on the Mount. Um, I've just kind of taken it out for, the, for this sermon. And it flows directly after the, the Beatitudes, the blessings of God, for the people that turn to God and repent and follow his way. So it's, it's straight on the back of the in, uh, that Jesus announces these blessings that he goes into this parable. So it's like he's almost saying that this is what you'll receive, but now I'm going to empower you to go and do something with it. Yes, I want you to be blessed. Yes, be blessed. But there's a purpose to it as well. There's a purpose for you as Christians and as followers of Jesus Christ. So we're going to read it. We're going to read it in Matthew 5. And this is a Passion Translation. You are the salt of the earth. You and you are the salt of the earth. But what good is salt if it has lost its flavor? Can you make it salty again? It will be thrown out and trampled underfoot as worthless. You, you are the light of the world. Like a city on a hilltop that cannot be hidden. No one lights a lamp and then puts it under a basket. Instead, a lamp is placed on a stand where it gives light to everyone in the house. In the same way, let your deeds shine out for all to see so that everyone will praise your heavenly Father. You are the salt of the earth. You are the light of the world. Jesus has penned out our purpose there. He's penned out the role of the Christian in this world. And what an outstanding statement that he's given to us. Because it was only in John 8 when Jesus says, I am the light of the world. Yeah, whoever follows me will never walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. And now he's saying, now you are the light of the world. Now you are the light of the world. So he's saying, yes, I am the source of light. But when I ascend in glory to the Father and be enthroned in heaven, you are going to continue to be my light in this earth. You are going to keep on doing the same works that I have done. But I need you to be awake. I need you to be engaged. I need you to be ready because this is such an important, important purpose that I've given you. You're going to carry my message of salvation out into this world. You're going to bring my goodness and grace and power into contact with the people that surround you, the, the people that you're interacting with. You're going to continue to do my good deeds that glorify the Father in heaven. You are the salt of the earth. You are the light of the world. And let's just notice for a minute the magnitude of this thing. Earth, world. You know, he didn't say, you are the salt of Galilee. And you're going to be the light of Jerusalem. It's earth, world. It's a global mission we're on here for Jesus, people. Individually, we're going to salt our, our areas of influence. Where we are, we're going to salt and we're going to light it up. But co the collective dynamic of that is Christians are going to light the world for Jesus. And if that isn't enough purpose to get you driven with passion, then 
Perhaps you're hard to please. I'm not sure. <laughs> Light the world for Jesus. Global mission. And you know, we remember that, that the Sermon on the Mount, when we've read it, he's talking to who? His disciples. And, and probably a, a good couple of hundred people that have followed him out of villages in Jerusalem. He's talking to everyday, normal folk like me and you here in this room right now. He's not talking to kings. He's not talking to government officials. He's not talking to people of great power and influence. He's talking to everyday people like me and you. So to me, that drives home how extremely valuable your life is in this world. How extremely valuable you are in this world. How extremely important what you have to give to this world is. You are the salt of the earth. You are the light of the world. And that purpose hasn't changed from his disciples down all the generations right to us now because his word hasn't changed. It's the same purpose for us now. So just let that sink in. We're to be the salt of the earth and the light of the world. Two metaphors that are given to us, salt and light. So let's just zoom in on them a little bit and, and just try and get some clarity around that. So salt, you know, salt is mentioned quite a few times in the Bible uh, and it's used for different illustrations. And when we, when we hear that now, to us in, in today, modern day, it might not mean that much to us because salt is such a common thing. All of us have salt in our kitchen drawer, don't we? But salt was an extremely valuable commodity in the ancient world. You know, it was, it was used as currency. People would buy things with salt. Soldiers were paid their wages in salt. The Roman soldiers were sometimes paid their wages with a bag of salt. Trade routes were established around the collection and the distribution of salt, and it was in the same value bracket as gold was traded. So straight off the bat, Jesus is saying, your lives are so valuable in this world. It's like this gold, it's like this precious salt that people are trying to get their hands on. And salt was extremely valuable back then because it had a number of, of quite important purposes. So the first thing that salt does is it preserves. It's a preservative. So when we think back to the ancient world, they didn't have refrigerate they didn't have fridges, they didn't have refrigeration systems. You can't just pop the meat in there to stop it from spoiling. They had to pack it with salt to preserve it. And in the same way, our lives as followers of Jesus Christ are supposed to preserve the goodness in this world, the righteousness and the truth of Jesus Christ to preserve the world. You know, salt was also a natural antiseptic. It fights bacteria, and we use it today in most of our modern medicine. Um, so what they would do is when they got cut, they would rub the salt in the wound to stop the spread of um, bacteria, to bring healing. And in the same way, us as Christians are supposed to bring healing to the minds and the bodies of the people around you through God's power working through us. And of course, the most common thing we know salt as is their flavoring agent. And it's this, um, it's this emphasis, it's this use of salt that Jesus is, is kind of referring to here. And I love how the message in the, uh, how it puts it in the message Bible. It says, let me tell you why you are here. You are here to be the salt seasoning that brings out the God flavors of this earth. I love the message. If you, if you lose your saltiness, how will people taste godliness? You've lost your usefulness. 
oh, it's harsh, but you've lost your usefulness and you've ended up in the garbage. <laughs> if you want to know what God thinks, <laughs> just ask him. <laughs> you know, when salt is added to something, it changes it for the better, doesn't it? It changes it for the better. And in the same way, our lives are supposed to go into places and change it for the better. Change it for the glory of Jesus Christ. Flavoring the world with his love. Flavoring the world with his grace. It enhances people's lives. It enhances and impacts people positively when we bring the distinct flavor of God into our areas. And you know, God has given us each a grace gift to be able to help us do this, hasn't he? And when your gift is recognized and when you begin to activate that gift under the the guidance of the Holy Spirit, it brings an expression of God to this world. I mean, that's amazing, an expression of God brought to this earth through you. It begins to testify to the reality of God. His glory is revealed and people see and taste and become to know the presence of God. And that inevitably always makes people's lives better. It makes people's lives a better place, a more palatable place, a a world that tastes better. And it has this redemptive effect on mankind. It makes them begin to thirst after God. It makes them begin to hunger after God. It makes them want to seek God out for themselves because they've tasted and they've seen through you and they've seen he's good and now they want more. So they begin to go after it for themselves. So we can begin to understand then, on the back of that, that these grace gifts were never given just for us. They were never given just to keep inside of us. The purpose that they were given was always to give out, always to give out to others, to bless others, so they can see the glory of God. You know, God didn't give us a grace gift to speak or sing or create or build or give or serve or have compassion just to keep within us. You know what, you can begin to see just how silly that that would be. A bit like unsalty salt, (laughs) as Jesus refers to it. Unsalty salt, it doesn't make sense. It's not useful. It's not doing its purpose. It's not doing what it was intended to do. You know, the Apostle Paul gives us this great exhortation in Romans 12, 6. And I'm going to read it all out. It's a bit lengthy, lengthy, but stick with me. He says, God's marvelous grace imparts to you, each of us, varying gifts and ministries that are uniquely yours. So, if God has given you the grace gift of prophecy, you must activate your gift by using the proportion of your faith you have to prophesy. If your grace gift is serving, then thrive in serving others well. If your grace gift is teaching, then be actively teaching and training others Stick with me. If your grace gift is one of encouragement, then use it to encourage others. If you have the grace gift of giving to meet the needs of others, then you may prosper in your generosity without any fanfare. And if you have the gift of leadership, be passionate about your leadership. And finally, if you have the gift of showing compassion, then flourish in your cheerful display of compassion. The point is, Whatever gift you've been given, we need to activate it. We need to become awake and alive and driven with purpose and begin to activate it for the blessings of others around us, to bring the flavor of God to this world, to season our world with the flavor of God. And, you know, sometimes I know it can be easy to to keep our little salt in, isn't it? 
Sometimes, <laughs> you know, sometimes in time, there's times I've just wanted to put a big basket over my head and never come out. <laughs> but that's not the purpose. I know it's easier keeping it in sometimes. There's less risk involved. We don't have to be challenged. We don't have to allow ourselves to be vulnerable. Yes, there's less, less risk involved. Excuse me, and of course the doubts that come to us, just them constant doubts. Well, well, who am I that I could deliver these people for God? Who am I that I could reveal God's glory? I'm not good enough. But that's not what God says. That's what not, God, what not what God says about you. God says you are the salt of the earth. God says you are the light of the world. God says you are a child made in the image of God. God says you have been sealed with the Holy Spirit to the day of redemption and enclosed with power from on high to fulfill the purpose in this world. But it's when, it's when we yield to the lies that we cap the power of God in our lives. He, he, he can't work through us as much as he wants to because we've, we've limited him. And you know, honestly, this purpose of God, like we've just seen, it's global. It's too big to allow it to stop at ourselves. It's too big to allow it to stop at ourselves. And sometimes we have to come to him earnestly and say, help me, Lord, break this mindset of me and self-preservation straight off me so God, God can unleash his destiny through your life, so God can impact and save nations through you, so God can deliver a group of people through you. And you might think, oh, well, that's impossible. And with man alone, it probably is impossible, but nothing is impossible with God, and God is with us. God is alive and with us. Are we ready to wake up and fulfill this, pur this purpose with passion? And yes, it can be risky, but the benefits far outweigh the risks if we're honest. And we have the Holy Spirit inside of us to help us. John 14, 16 says, And I will ask the Father, and he will give you another advocate to help you and be with you forever, the Spirit of truth. The world cannot accept him because it neither sees him or knows him. But you know him, for he lives with you and will be in you. You have the Holy Spirit with you, which is season the world with the flavor of God. And we're also told to be light. It doesn't end there. <laughs> As if that's not big enough. We're also told to be light. And what does light do? Light invades darkness. Because light is distinctively different than darkness. Light, we're, we're to invade our culture like light invades darkness. Light is distinctively different from darkness. And our lives as Christians in this world should be distinctively different from the world around us and the world system and the world's way of doing things because it acts as this, it's, it's different. It acts as, as, as this light that people see and are attracted to. Well, what's going on there? I want that. I want what they've got. Our lives should shine a light on his love. When it, with our interactions with people, our lives, our lives should shine a light on his love, on his forgiveness, on his mercy and his grace. You know, we have the light of life inside of us. We, I'll say that again, we have the light of life inside of us and it's when we allow it to shine through us by living lives that honor and bring glory to God that people can see Jesus, people can see him and it's a light that attracts. You know, in the ancient world, they didn't have sophisticated light systems like we have now. They had um, oil burners, so it's just a little bowl of oil and you put a wick in and burn it 
and it would give this um, just this kind of glowing, steady stream of light out. So this is what the disciples would be thinking of when Jesus is giving these instructions. And it's the same for us now. We're to be this constant, steady glow of light, like a city on a hill that guides people home. You know, it's not a spotlight. We're not to shine the light on ourselves. That's not what Jesus was referring to. It's not a light that turns up and down, a bit like a dimmer switch when you just turn your Christianity down a bit with the people. <laughs> Depending on who you're with, just want to fit in a bit, just turn it down. I'll turn it up in church. <laughs> it's not a dimmer switch. <laughs> it's not a dimmer switch, is it? <laughs> no offense, don't take offense. I'm nice, honestly. <laughs> but it's not, come on, it's not. And, and do you know what else? It's not an overbearing light, is it? It's not like headlights, ah, praise God, and people just, oh, I just, I can't look at that. It's not an overbearing light. It's just a steady, gentle, glowing stream of light by doing good yeah. deeds, by living good lives yeah. that are distinctively different from the world around us. Because when we say we love Jesus, we follow Jesus, when we say that, but then our lives say something different, it's a confusing light for people, isn't it? Yeah. It's very confusing, and it, and it distracts rather than attracts. Yes. Yeah. And, you know, interestingly as well, Jesus said it's a light that gives light to the home. It's not a light that gives light to the church hall. It's a light that gives light to the home. That is where we have to be burning this light the most around our family, around our neighbors, around the people who see us the most, around the people who are with us the most. This is where this light has to shine then out into our communities and our workplaces. This is a light for out there, guys. Our lives that put Jesus Christ on display and his good work so people can see him. And I know it's not always easy. I know that. We all wrestle with stuff, right? I, I do. We all wrestle with stuff. We have frustrations. We have things we want to overcome. We've got unwanted sin in our lives. But God's with us to help us overcome that. So we just need to begin with, how, with what we know how. Yeah. We just need to begin with the knowledge that we've got. Just start walking in it. And trust as we follow him, Jesus will continue to transform us along the way. You know, Jesus said, follow me and I will make you into fishes and men. As you follow me, I will transform you we don't have to be at the heights of spiritual perfection to begin we just have to begin yeah. with what we know and trust by faith Jesus will continue to transform us Romans 8 11 again says yes God raised Jesus to life and since God's spirit of resurrection lives in you you know the same power that raised Christ from the dead lives in you come on say it with this the same power that raised Christ from the dead lives in you he will also raise your dying body to life by the same spirit that breathes life into you. So then, beloved ones, the flesh has no claim on us at all and we have no further obligation to live in obedience to it. God will help us overcome what we need to overcome. And we find God on the inside and he shines brighter on the outside, doesn't he? Jesus said shine. We're already the salt. We're already the light. We just need to begin to do it. And you might think, well, well, how do I make my salt saltier? How do I make my light brighter? And if I just keep giving out of myself all the time, am I going to run out of salt? Am I going to run out of light? 
But let's not forget, guys, it's spiritually we're connected to the eternal source, aren't we? We're connected to the fountain of life, the the supply that never runs out. You know, Jesus is more, is big enough and more than adequate to sustain us in this life. But the key is, the key for us is we need to keep in close proximity to the source. We need to keep connected to the source. Because of course we're not the source. We just reflect his light. And it's our job to stay connected to him. It's our job to stay in close proximity to him. Do you know there's a difference between illuminous and illuminate? Here you go. I'm going to learn something. Luminous is something that gives off light. So luminous, it generates light. Luminate is something that is lit up by reflection of light. And I love the illustration of the sun and the moon. So the sun is luminous. It generates light. It creates light. And the moon is illuminated, um, is lit up by the reflection of the sun's light. So the moon, there's no such thing as moonlight. The moon in itself doesn't shine. It's just a ball of dust and matter. It's the sun reflecting onto the moon that lights it up. It's what we see in the sky. But get this. When the moon is in just the right position in orbit, it reflects the sun in all its brilliance. And we get to see the full moons that we see in our skies. And guys, come on, just like the moon needs to be in the right position, us as Christians need to position ourselves in Christ to be able to reflect his glory and light up like full moons. Because there's nothing, there's, there's something so magical, isn't there, about a full moon? There's something so captivating. And guys, there's something so captivating about a Christian life that's on fire for God, let me tell you. But most importantly as well, when we're in this position, when we're in connected to Jesus, it ensures that the motives behind our purposes remain pure. Because all we do out there in the name of Jesus has got to be done in the name of love, guys. A love that is able to to see past a person's behavior, but recognize the intrinsic value in that person as being made in the image of God. And they might not believe in God yet. They may or may not believe in God, but nevertheless, they've been created in love, for love, with value and purpose. And that's what will make this light irresistible. A light motivated and shining in love. You know, Jesus' main motivation was love, and ours must be too. And why are we given this, why is Jesus, why is this purpose, is it that Jesus has given us? Because the world needs Jesus, guys. The world lies in darkness and it needs the light of the Savior. Do you know there are people in our community right now, in Padbury, people in your community, and they're wondering if they're worthy enough to be loved. There's people in our community right now wondering what the purpose of their life is and is it even worth living anymore do you know these people in our community right now that have lost hope and they're wondering is your future past what i'm experiencing and we have that good news for them guys we have that good news we have that message for them we carry the light that they need to be guided home to be guided back to jesus and I want to finish with this poem. It was, um, I was listening to a sermon by Pastor Lee Strobel, and some of you may know him. He wrote the book, The Case for Christ, and it went on to be a, a movie. And he worked in the field of apologetics and research. And he told the story of a lady who 
was made to go to church as a child and unfortunately she suffered abuse at the hands of those who called themselves Christians. And obviously she just wanted to get as far away as she could when she was old enough, as far away from the church. She just wanted to be totally disassociated with the things of God. But she heard Lee in one of his apologetics debate and it sparked her curiosity again. He was talking about the historical, his, historical facts of Jesus, the proof for the resurrection. So it started her curiosity again and she actually got in touch with him and explained her situation. And, Lee, and there was back and forth, a bit of communication, and Lee eventually encouraged her to get in one of the growth groups at his church, just to go along, start asking some questions, start getting some things figured out, start getting questions answered. And eventually, through the love and care of this married couple, the Connect Group leaders, this lady found a way back to Jesus Christ. It's amazing. So a few months after she experienced this in her life, she wrote a poem to, to Pastor Lee. And, and when I heard this, I just cried. And I thought, this needs to be shared. Because this poem is the heart's cry of everyone out there looking into my face and your face and trying to find Jesus Christ. She says, do you not know? Do you not understand that you represent Jesus to me? Do you not know? Do you not understand that when you treat me with gentleness, I think, well, maybe he's gentle too. And it raises a question. Also, maybe, maybe, sorry, and it raises a question in my mind. Maybe he's gentle too. Maybe he isn't someone who laughs at me when I get hurt. Do you not know? Do you not understand that when you listen to my questions and don't laugh, I think, yeah, maybe he is interested in me. Do you not know, do you not understand that when I hear you talk honestly about the scars and the struggles from your past, I think, well, maybe I am a good, normal person. I'm not a person that deserves abuse. If you show me care... I think, well, maybe he cares about me too. If you show me love, I think maybe there's a chance he could love me too. And then a flame of hope begins to burn inside of me and for a second I'm scared to breathe because I don't want that flame to go out. Do you not know, do you not understand that your words are his words? That your face is his face to someone like me? Do you not know, do you not understand that you and you and you and you represent Jesus to me? People need Jesus. People need Jesus in this world. They're broken and they're hurting and they need Jesus. And he has raised you up and he's positioned you to provide an answer and to provide direction. He's given us the purpose. He's given us the instruction. But ultimately, guys, it's going to be a decision that lies individually with each and every one of you. Are we going to put a basket over our light? Are we going to allow our salt to become unsalty? Or are we ready to begin to flavor the world for Jesus Christ? Are we ready to shine his light bright out in our worlds? I know which one I'm going to choose. And I'm going to pray to the Lord every day to give me the strength to do it. And if that's you, will you join me in a prayer this morning? And we just stand to our feet maybe and, and let's just begin to praise him for his goodness.
let's just begin to praise him. And if you haven't known the love of Jesus Christ yet, you've been lost, you've, you've had no direction, you've been looking for the light, and you've found it today, oh, then we're so thrilled for you. We're so thrilled you're going to experience the love of Jesus Christ in your life. And I just ask you to repeat this prayer afterwards. Thank you, Lord Jesus, that you died for my sins. Thank you that I am forgiven. And I look to you today and I make you Lord of my life. And if you've prayed that prayer for the first time, if you're online or if you're in the hall, please get in touch with us. If you're online, please come and see us if you're here today because we want to we wanna pray for you. We want to encourage you. We want to get some resources into your hands. But let's just pray now. Let's just begin to praise him. Let's get our eyes on him, guys. Our eyes on him. Thank you, Jesus. We lift you up in this place, Lord. Thank you. Thank you for our precious lives. Thank you that you've given our lives such a valuable purpose and meaning. Thank you that they're so needed in this world, Lord. And we come to you tonight and we surrender. We surrender to you. Lord, have your way. Lord, put me in places you want me to be. Put me around people you want me to be, Father. Convict us, Father. Ignite a passion within us, Lord. Find that flame, Father. We surrender to you today. We surrender and we say we will fulfill your purpose and your role for us in this world. We will be the salt in our areas of influence. We will be the light in our areas of influence. And we will look to you, Father God, when we feel tired, when we feel weary, when we just don't know if we can shine that light anymore, Lord. We look to you to sustain us and fill us and keep our cup overflowing, Father God. You're so good. Let's just praise him for a moment. Just receive from him if you need to receive from him. Just exchange if you need to exchange with him. Be filled if you need to be filled. And if you want prayer, then please come out because we'd love to pray for you. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you. Super. 